If you've been wanting to work with me, I have some exciting news for you. In April, I'll be releasing Panic to Peace, a six-week live course with me where we'll work together to push past your anxious thoughts, the symptoms, panic, and fears so that you can start living the peaceful and adventurous life that you want and deserve to live. And if you've been wanting to work with me one-on-one, that's coming soon too. But just a heads up, the only people I'll be working with one-on-one are current or past students of one of my courses. So if you're interested in Panic to Peace or another one of my courses, simply click the link in the show notes. I hope to further support you along your recovery journey. Whatever's going on in the mind is going to impact the gut and whatever's going on in the gut is going to impact the brain. That's why we see things like gut issues manifest not only as digestive issues, but also as brain fog, anxiety, depression, um, different things like like that, you know, because we've got to really look at the person as a whole because everything is really connected. Welcome to a Healthy Push podcast. I'm Shannon Jackson, former anxiety sufferer turned adventure mom and anxiety recovery coach. I struggled with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia for 15 years. And now I help people to push past the stuff that I used to struggle with. Each week, I'll be sharing real and honest conversations along with actionable and practical steps that you can take to help you push past your anxious thoughts, the symptoms, panic, and fears. Welcome. You're right where you're meant to be. Hi, Hannah. Welcome to a Healthy Push podcast. I'm so excited and I have been so looking forward to this interview. I've seen it on my calendar and I'm like, ooh, let's go. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to have you. So let's start in and just have you give an intro to who you are and what you do. Yes. Um, so my name is Hannah Aylward. I'm a certified holistic health coach and uh, I'm also the CEO and founder of Han. And Han is really a company that helps mostly women, but people, I mean, we don't care how anyone identifies, we're here to help. Um, people really overcome the chronic digestive issues that they've been dealing with when they feel like they've really tried everything, right? Um, that's kind of the, the person that we help. Um, we specialize in the health of the gut microbiome and just digestive function, really. So um, we look at all of it. We take a very root cause approach and a very holistic, comprehensive approach. So we get into the nitty gritty, look at, you know, the gut microbiome balance, and but also the mind gut connection and the stress connection and all of that. We really take that into consideration. So we help a lot of people after they haven't gotten the help that they needed for pr- probably at least a few years. <laughs> yeah, I love what you do. I came across your Instagram and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to talk to this woman. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> Just you. so many for me and my personal journey resonated. Yeah. And so, you know, I use my platform for people who struggle struggle with anxiety disorders. And I feel like there is such a high percentage of people that struggle with anxiety disorders and also struggle with digestive issues. Yeah. And I was one of these people. It was such a battle for me. My anxiety was very tied to my digestive system. And it was a struggle for years. And like you've said, you know, I didn't get the help or support that I needed through, you know, general practitioners. And so it took me going a little outside of that and just finding the education myself, getting curious, asking questions. And so I'm so excited because I know that you're going to bring a lot of insight um, to people who struggle with digestive issues and also anxiety. So how about we start by just diving into the mind-gut connection and like, what is that? 
um, I think is a really good starting point. Yes. So, you know, there's like this term, this lingo that gets thrown around that says, you know, the gut is your second brain. And we know that they actually start from the same place, like in the embryo, and then one goes up and one goes down. So they they retain communication and, and a knowing of each other as the, as the human develops, which is just like crazy, right? Like the body is just Mm. magic. And, um, we also know that there's the gut brain axis. So the gut brain connection, um, and we know that the gut and brain are intricately connected a few different ways, but one of them is like via the vagus nerve. So we've got the vagus nerve, which is actually a pair of nerves that attaches at like the, um, brainstem all the way into and influences all the organs along the way, but all the way into the, the, the belly, right? So our stomach. And um, I always kind of use the example of when you get that feeling of butterflies in your stomach, right? Mm-hmm. You're not eating anything. You're not like, it's not like a, it's not a stomach thing, right? It's not a gut thing, yet you're feeling nervous. Your brain is sensing something. Oh my gosh, whether you're excited or scared or nervous and you get that feeling in your tummy, you can literally feel it. Right. Um, and then maybe you have to run to the bathroom or maybe you're like, Oh my gosh, I've whatever it is. Right. So we can, we know that we have that connection. Um, but some of us don't really take it into consideration all the time, but that's an example that I like to use that really shows us that connection. So, um, whatever's going on in the mind is going to impact the gut and whatever's going on in the gut is going to impact the brain. That's why we see things like gut issues manifest not only as digestive issues, but also as brain fog, anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. um, different things like like that, you know, because we've got to really look at the person as a whole because everything is really connected. Yeah. I love that. That's such a good, clear, concise explanation. And you're exactly right. It goes both ways. Mm -hmm. Um, So what are some signs that indicate that your gut might be unhealthy? Yes. Um, Oh my gosh. Like everything. (laughs) Because gut health is linked back to like over 90% of all disease. I mean, it's going to impact basically every system in the body, right? Cardiovascular, immune, um, reproductive, of course, digestive systems, you know, your GI tract um, and your, you know, your brain, like it's going to influence everything. So it can look like a lot of different things, but what we see a lot is chronic digestive issues, right? So bloating, feeling like you're bloated, um, you know, not after having some pizza and beer, you know, like that's like a little to be expected. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but more frequently than that. Right. So I'm not talking about like, Oh, I have a little bit of bloating around my cycle or I have like, I ate this big pizza and fries and everything. And I'm a little bloated. Like that is kind of like, okay, that that's more normal. Those foods aren't the best for us. Right. But I'm talking, I mean, the women that we see, have bloating when they eat healthy foods, they're bloated constantly, they wake up bloated and, and, or by the end of the day, they look six months pregnant with bloat, right? So that's something we hear a lot. It just gets worse and worse as the day progresses. Um, so bloating is huge. And I mean, it's, it's insane to me how many, how many people really struggle with this. Like digestive issues are the number one reason why people go to the doctor. Um, so there's like a very big need for help in this, in this field. And that's one of the million reasons why I got into it, but, um, cause it's such a struggle, right. And, and it starts to impact the rest of our lives. Like it impacts like our happiness, our confidence, our mental health, our relationships. So it's like, that's me taking a very big scale, but that's really what I believe to be true. And that's one an, another reason why we really focus on this with people because we know, and if anyone is listening to this and has struggled with digestive issues, like, you know, you end up canceling plans, you end up like, you know, bringing extra outfits just in case you're super bloated that day. Like when you're on vacation, you pack a million outfits, like it just seeps into everything. Um, 
So, but, but to take that back, like we've got bloating, we've got constipation, diarrhea, maybe you alternate in between the two, um, Mm -hmm. lots of food sensitivities and intolerances. So feeling like you can't tolerate many foods. Um, and I'm not talking about like a peanut allergy, right. But I'm talking about you're eating something, you're eating healthy. You're like, I don't know what the heck is going on anymore. Maybe you're, you try using like a food log or a food journal to, to identify these sensitivities, but you can't even keep track. Right. Because you're like, I ate you know, broccoli this day, and then it was fine. And then I ate it the next day, and I'm super bloated. Like, that's what we hear all the time, right? Like our our clients can't even tell anymore. They're like, yeah, 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 we've tried the diets, like we've, we've done that, right? I already I haven't eaten gluten in five years, you know, what I mean, like, that's kind of the the person that we see. Um, They're not really just starting out on the journey. Um, So food sensitivities and intolerances, skin issues, acne, eczema, psoriasis, um, anxiety, brain fog, like those the because of that gut brain connection, right? Um, joint pain, uh, hormonal issues. I mean, like it all thyroid has a component, gut thyroid connection is very strong, um, gut hormone connection is very strong. So it's really everything. We speak mostly to the digestive issues, but you'll you'll see in our in our clients that women struggle with digestive issues, but it always comes with something else, right? It comes with the anxiety, mm-hmm. it comes with the brain fog, it comes with the chronic fatigue. I mean, there's, there's research out there, a study was done to show us that we can literally tell whether someone is chronically fatigued based purely on looking at their gut microbiome. I mean, that's like wild, right? Like we can look at the gut microbiome and see that this person is fatigued through looking at that. So um, mm-hmm. this, this feeling of having to fight through the day, not wanting to get up, at, you know, in the morning, it's not, it's common, but it's not normal. Same with these digestive issues, right? The bloating, the indigestion, the reflux, I mean, um, the burning, the pain, all of it. So I could go on and on, but I, it's basically everything, but also <laughs> those are some, yeah. some other things you can look out for. Yeah, no, that's so helpful. And it is so wild. It's like so many things. Yeah that you wouldn't even think. And like, I know a big thing with um, my community and my own personal journey, I know that uh, something that a lot of people can relate to is the nausea and even bloating and reflux. Those are a lot of things that I got when I kind of pulled my community of what are the biggest things that you struggle with. Yeah, And like you touched on something really important is it does start to affect and impact your every day. Mm -hmm. And you start making decisions based off of how you feel. Yes physically and mentally, because yes. it's not just the nausea, the bloating, all of that stuff. Like you said, it's the the fatigue, the general feeling like you're not present, like yes. the fog and all that yes. stuff. It is so wild because you do. I, I personally, I know for years, I made decisions based off of how I felt. Oh, and me too. I mean, that's yeah. how I got into this, right? Like I couldn't get the help that I needed. I dove deep into the research of all of it. And I've researched it for like 10 years at this point, you know, and taken countless, countless trainings. And and it was that, that was me. I mean, I was, I was the, the woman, I mean, it started relatively young for me, you know, and for uh, many reasons, it was a combination of lots of things that kind of triggered my issues. It was a combination of um, chronic dieting, over stress, over exercising for years, like hating my body for a long time. Um, that all doesn't help your gut, <laughs> right? So yeah. um, there was like a lot of work that needed to be put in, along with like rounds of antibiotics as a child and like an unsupportive diet as a kid. You know, I'm eating like chocolate chip muffins and the whole deal. How how most how most you know people kids kids eat, I guess, fruit roll-ups, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, <laughs> Junkaroos. Yeah. So, so it was like a combination. And then 
after like the years of the chronic dieting and the over-exercising and the, just like the, the depletion, my body was like, we cannot do this anymore, you know? Um, and at that point I was like, you know, I just pray in the morning that like I could button my jeans to go out with my friends that night, you know? And, and I was like, I was like, uh, 19, you know, it's like, it's not, it's not something that you want to be dealing with. And I was, I was like, it brings this level of embarrassment and fear. And you're like, why me? Like everyone else, like all my other friends in college are drinking and eating like mm. late night at 3am and they're fine. And like, I can't even eat an apple. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what is going on? Um, so, so yes, it influences everything, it, your connection to your yourself, your connection to your body. And, when we take it back to that like gut brain connection, I mean, you know that once you start to feel these sensations in your body, it triggers that anxiety, right? Like you're like, you start to enter that fear spiral of like, Oh no, is it going to last like this all day? How long is it going to last? How do I fix it? How do I fix it? How do I have crisis control? Right. I'll, I'll drink the peppermint tea or I'll take the this or, and it's just like this spiral. And unless you've really struggled, like, I don't think people fully understand that, but mine went in like, my, my mentality was so impacted by this. I mean, I'm a different person on the other side of this because I'm more confident. I'm more connected. I'm, I'm more connected to my intuition. I'm happier. I'm less, I live in less fear, period. Like, yeah. so it's just, if you know, if you've struggled, you know, that spiral that you enter and it's hard for others to understand that. But, um, you know, our goal is always to get people through that. So it, your the rest of your life opens back up. Yeah. It's so powerful. And I'm so glad that you said it's a combination of things because I think that's the thing, you know, often you're looking for the one thing. Mm -hmm. Like, what is the one thing that's going to fix all these issues? There's got to be something that I haven't tried. There's got to be something out there. There's got to be a way that I just don't know of. And for me, a big thing, a big connection point was realizing like, it's not just what I'm eating. It's not maybe just that I have intolerances. Stress is a huge factor. And I also know I too had um, not so healthy exercise Mm -hmm. uh, practices and that definitely was a contributor too. But, you know, when you're so in it, you're just like, oh yeah, what is going to fix this? Mm -hmm. Like I will do anything, but not understanding the why Mm -hmm. and like really getting to the root cause, like you're saying of why these things are are happening, Mm -hmm. you can't really then begin to do the work to fix it. So I know my community, a big thing that they struggle with is IBS. Mm -hmm. And so I want to talk about that a little bit because I was scrolling your Instagram page and I came across a post of yours and I was just blown away because it's something that I agree with, but I think a lot of people would be like, what? Yeah. And maybe it would definitely, it's definitely controversial. So you said in a post of yours that you think IBS is a BS diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So can you explain why you think this is? Yes, I know. I think a lot of the things that I say are controversial. <laughs> <laughs> it's good though. It's good. It gets people thinking and it gives people more knowledge that's definitely needed. Yes. Yes. So IBS stands for irritable bowel syndrome. And a syndrome is just a collection of symptoms that present together, right? So same with PCOS, right? Polycystic ovarian syndrome. With both of these, um, we don't, there's no identifiable cause, right? So when you're dealing with IBS, it's basically a diagnosis of exclusion. We've we've done this testing, you've probably gotten a colonoscopy, maybe you got an endoscopy. Um, You're having weird bowel movement issues, right? Like you're kind of running the bathroom or you're constipated or it's both. You're having like cramping, abdominal pain, whatever. Um, It comes with, it's a collection of those symptoms, right? But how we view things and how we view the body is, okay, so that's cool that I have all these symptoms, but like what's causing these symptoms, right? And when you just 
are told that you have IBS, you were probably told there's nothing you can do about it. You are probably told to just drink more water and eat more fiber and take Metamucil or take um, a laxative or take something like that, you know, and that's not fixing the issue. I mean, of course, more hydration is better. More fiber can be helpful for some people, not everyone. It might make you feel a little worse if you're dealing with a gut imbalance. Um, but, but overall, generally speaking, fiber is helpful, but it's like, it's like what's going on, like what broke down in the body to create the conditions in, in which now you have these issues, because you also probably didn't always have these issues, right? Like this is something that's developed over time. Yes, some people are born with things like this, but even at, when that happens, we can still do something with, about it, right? So it could be a structural thing. I mean, that's not really the person that we see. It's more of a, it's more of a gut imbalance, right? So it's kind of hard to wrap it all up in, you know, just a short talk because I could teach like a five hour class on all of this, yeah. but, <laughs> but we, but what we do is we look for the root cause, right? So when you get something like a colonoscopy, it's checking for polyps that could turn into cancer. It's checking for high levels of inflammation. Um, you know, these things are really important. Like you still want to get these tests if your doctor thinks it's a good idea. I'm not saying don't get this test. Colonoscopies can help, you know, tr- like warn us of things like colon cancer. I mean, the big, big stuff. We help the people that have gotten all that, right? And they're like, okay, well, I'm still feeling like awful. I still feel like crap. And uh, the doctor says everything's normal. My blood works come back normal. My colonoscopies come back normal. Like what is the deal, right? So we do, we utilize like more functional stool testing to look at the imbalances that are present in the gut microbiome in a myriad of ways, right? So when we're talking about the gut microbiome, we're talking about the composition of of microbes that are in mostly we're talking large intestine, small intestine also has some of them. Cause sometimes like this term gut is thrown around and people don't even really know what we're talking about. Right. So mm-hmm. the gut microbiome is really the composition of microbes that consists of bacteria, archaea, parasites, fungus, all of that's always present. Like we're made up of trillions of bacteria. Um, and then that's really the gut microbiome. There's some bacteria in the stomach. There's some in the small intestine, but most is going to be in that large intestine. That's where we want like quote unquote probiotics to go, right? Like our good gut bugs, we want them to be in the large intestine. But when we're talking about overall gut, that's more the gut microbiome. Overall gut, I'm talking about gut function, right? So how are we breaking down our food? Like everything from the brain all the way into the colon, right? So stomach, are we producing enough stomach acid? Is our pancreas producing enough enzymes? Is our bile, do we have an adequate bile flow? Is our liver congested? Um, You know, there's more to the story than just the the microbial balance as well, because we have to ask, how did we get to this microbial imbalance, right? So do we pick up an infection? Did it, was it rounds of antibiotics? Was it birth control? Was it other medications? Was it um, unsupportive diet, alcohol, stress, right? Like all of these things are going to impact the gut. So we dive into all that. <laughs> we look at, we look at how stress influences, you know, the gut, are you um, producing adequate digestive output? Do you have Um, imbalances. So dysbiosis, which is like an imbalance of the gut bacteria. Are you dealing with like an infection? Um, Do you have a parasite? And some of these things, like they sound kind of scary and you're like, no, 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 like I'm fine. That's not me, but we see it all the time, you know, and you don't have to be somewhere abroad to pick up a parasite. Like you can pick up a parasite from your pet. You can pick up a parasite in in a lake, through the water, through a door, like off the door handle, like you can pick them up. Um, and that's not to scare you, but it's just to like, you know, let you in that something else could be causing this. And it's not just this like random, you know, thing that you wouldn't think that you would ever get type of deal. And, um, but we, but we run this test on all of our students, all of our clients, and we always find imbalances, right? So 
there could be like an H. pylori infection, um, dysbiosis, yeast overgrowth, which would be candida. A lot of people kind of, that's more like trendy, right? Um, but it's very real. Like it totally happens. You could be doing a SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. There's research that shows that like 80% of IBS cases are caused by SIBO, right? So when we are talking about IBS, it's like, okay, so what's causing it, <laughs> right? And that's yeah. what we really dig into with our clients handle these things at a root cause level, look at it very comprehensively. Like it's not going to be just food. It's not going to be just supplements. It's not going to be just breath work. It's got to be all of these things, right? We've got to do all of these things. And that shouldn't feel um, scary either because the quality of life that you're able to have when you really put this into place is game changing and Mm -hmm. your entire life will change, right? But basically IBS is in my opinion, it doesn't tell us anything, right? It's like, but that's kind of how most of Western medicine works. It's, it's very like diagnostic and emergency and we don't see anything that's like causing an emergency. So you're good. But then my clients end up leaving doctor's offices crying and they're like, I'm miserable and I'm getting married and I want to feel pretty in my dress and I don't want to be gassy and bloated. And like, what is the deal? Right. Um, so, so we just dig into that, that root cause more and, and, you know, both are necessary. Emergency medicine is necessary. You know, mm-hmm. dealing with big hitters is necessary. And also what happens next? What happens when that comes back normal? And that's really what we dig into. It is so much and it's so overwhelming, right? But like, it's so important to understand. And our bodies are so complex. Like yeah. it is never that simple. And especially the mind and gut, like you wish it were so straightforward, but unfortunately it's not. Yeah. And like, it, it's always a little bit complicated, but if you're just starting out, like, are there really basic things that you can do to start, you know, identifying what might be contributing to some of your symptoms or what you can just start to do to heal your gut, maybe without even having any knowledge of like what actually is going on in my gut right now? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So there's so many things that you can do. And what's, what's really important to remember is that the, your body is so resilient. Like your body is capable of so much. And it is like this system that has been designed that is far more advanced than any system on the planet. So when you're in the thick of it, like don't give up, like your body is so strong and it's so resilient and we just need to set the right conditions for it to really heal. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, a few things that you can do is take a look at your diet. Diet influences the gut microbiome immensely, right? Our clients are usually kind of like they've already done a lot of the diet changes, um, but that's not, but they still benefit. Like they still benefit from the recommended changes that we, that we bring into play. So, um, you know, overall, you want to diminish inflammatory foods and you want to bring in as much, as many whole foods as possible, right? So mm-hmm. food should not contain a long list of ingredients. Food is ingredients, right? An apple is yeah. an apple. An almond is an almond, right? Um, we get into trouble when we are buying even quote unquote healthy packaged stuff, right? So that has a long list of ingredients. I mean, just think about how, and it sounds like so cliche and simple, but like think about how your grandparents ate. Think about how these people ate years and years ago um, when, you know, we didn't have these factories pumping out gluten-free, sugar-free cookies, right? Yeah, like, right. <laughs> so however, that takes like, really taking a look at what you're buying and it takes like being willing to cook more at home and it takes like learning, right? Like a lot of us don't, where a lot of us are very detached from this. We were very detached from um, truly nourishing our bodies and taking care of ourselves and dedicating the 30 minutes to make dinner because we quote unquote don't have the time, but 
it's, it's all, it's this big system that just like doesn't work, right? It just doesn't work if we don't do these things. So I would say like super simply, like start with the basics, start bringing in more whole foods, look for foods really vibrant in color. Our gut loves, um, you know, prebiotics, fibers, and polyphenols. So polyphenols are rich in like really uh, gorgeously colored foods. So things, things like grapes and like, um, cabbage, like red cabbage and purple carrots and all of those raspberries, right? Like those things are going to contain high polyphenol content. So when you're at the grocery store next time, like make sure to pick some of those up, whether you're throwing them in a smoothie or you're throwing them in a soup or you're just eating it raw. Like, I don't care. (laughs) Just, just try to get some of those in. Um, and then, you know, we talk a lot about blood sugar balance with our clients. And so just making sure that you're, and, and let me tell you for anxiety, this is absolutely key, right? This is, you know, my sister has struggled pretty openly with anxiety for a long time and she no longer does. And she like, she had panic attacks. She could not, she could not leave her house. Right. So it was bad. Like it was really bad. And, um, one of the things that helped her most was balancing her blood sugar levels. And we worked on her gut, like we worked on her gut and we worked on her blood sugar levels. So an easy, simple way to bring that into play is just to make sure that you're it's not, it's not about excluding, right? It's not about taking all these things out of your diet and living off of this like really small list. It's about bringing, making sure you have the right things on your plate, right? So we want an unprocessed carbohydrate. We want a source of protein. We want a source of fiber and we want a source of healthy fats. So for example, that could be um, like two eggs, right? You've got your like protein and it's a great source of fat too. Then maybe have it with some carbohydrates. So maybe that's like a hash brown or maybe that's like some fruit or maybe it's like some black beans or something. Um, And then get in an extra fiber source. Like I always like to recommend that because not people, most people don't get enough of it. So I like even though fiber is a carbohydrate, I include it in its own category. Um, so, but if you're pairing it with fruit, which is a carb, there's also great fiber in that, like raspberries, you know? So some of these things can overlap, but just make sure next time you're making a plate, you've got an element of all of these things on the plate. So I eat all the time, like two eggs with some sauteed greens, um, black beans, because I've been on a big black bean kick. I think they're so good. Um, <laughs> I just love them. And I remember, you know, years ago, I was terrified to eat them. They'd make me so bloated. I couldn't even handle them. Um, but the eggs, right. And then like some avocado. So you've got like your greens, you've got your protein, your fat, you've got your fiber, you've got all of that kind of packaged up. The beans are a good source of carbs. Um, and that's just making sure that your plate is well balanced. And what that's going to do is elongate your blood sugar curve, which is going to minimize feeling hangry, minimize feeling anxious. And you're going to find that once you really put this into play, like this is game changing. This is game changing. Mm -hmm you're going to find that you're less hungry naturally, which we always want to eat when we're hungry, but you're not going to feel the need to like anxiously snack as much or feel like your blood sugar is dropping. So you're reaching for something. This was something that was big for my sister. She was so anxious that she like always had to have a snack on her because you feel like that panicky feeling starts to come up in the body, right? Where you're like, Oh my gosh. And you know, getting in some fuel kind of helps settle that a little bit sometimes. But when you elongate that blood sugar curve, making sure that you have these elements on each meal, you're going to find that that starts to go away. That's also going to support your gut function. It's also going to make sure that you're getting in like adequate nutrient density and things like that. Um, but I'm telling you, like if, if you start one thing after listening to this, start that. I have so many resources yeah. um, about this, like that we offer and, and things like that. But it's, it's really a game changer and just making sure that you have that at each meal. Cause 
sometimes people think as well, oh, I've got to eat healthy. I'm going to be hungry and I'm going to, you know, I got to count out my almonds or whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you don't have to do that. And you really shouldn't feel you, you don't want, I mean, hunger is a good feeling. It's a sign that your body needs more fuel, which is good. We want to get that signal. Um, but you don't, you should not be feeling hungry throughout your day, right? Like that's like a big lie that we've been sold. <laughs> we don't need to feel that way when we work with the body, right? So I talk a lot about getting the body back on our side, working with it. So you don't have to fight it. So you have the energy to take care of your kids. So you have the energy to go out for date night and all of that kind of stuff. So pairing, it really comes down to unprocessed carbohydrates, healthy fats, fibers, protein, um, making sure we get those on the plate. And, and I like also kind of introducing it that way because I'm not, I'm not telling, I'm not giving you a meal plan, right? Like this can fit in your lifestyle, your protein can be tofu, your protein can be fish, it can be ground beef, like I don't really, you know, as long as it's good quality, I don't really care, right? So I mean, I'm not telling you to get your protein from a process like, you know, something, but um, you can make it work for you, right? Don't eat vegetables you don't like, don't force yourself to eat any of that stuff, you know, um, making sure that you, it's easier to make that work, it's easier to make that work for your family, it's easier to make that work when you go out to eat at a restaurant, right? Like, once you learn the foundations, you can it doesn't become this diet. It becomes a lifelong thing. And it's, and it's not that hard to upkeep either. Yeah. I love this. Those were so, so good and maybe don't seem so simple, but you know, like you said, start simple. And I always say, start small, start with one thing, but the balancing the blood sugar is definitely something that helped me. Mm -hmm. And it was huge. I just like, you know, you go back to school and I was sitting there when I was talking to, you know, my um, nutritionist and I was just like, what have I been doing? Like, I know this, I know this stuff, but yeah. like just pairing the right things, making sure you have the right things on your plate. And like, for me, it was breakfast. I would kick off my day with grabbing a granola bar and yes. heading out the door. And it was like the worst way that I could start my day. Yeah. And especially a lot of people experience anxiety first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. And it's typically because, you know, your, your blood sugar is all over the place. It doesn't know what to expect. Your body's not being supported. Yes. And I always say and think, you know, if your body is not supported, your, your mind is not going to be present either. Yes. So, you know, they, they go together, but I'm so glad too, that you talked about whole foods. Cause it's something that's so simple. Mm-hmm. And I know, I think it was probably at least 12, if not 15 years ago now, when I saw actually an, I think an osteopathic doctor and he recommended gluten-free. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, sat there and like rolled my eyes and was like, I do not want to go gluten-free. And like, that cannot be the answer to all of my problems. And it wasn't the answer to all my problems. And I think definitely for me, I have an intolerance to gluten, mm-hmm. but a huge thing that I learned when taking gluten out of my diet was that it wasn't just about the gluten. It was Mm -hmm. then after what food choices am I making? Because like you said, there are so many good gluten-free options now, Mm -hmm. but they're highly processed. (laughs) You'll look at the back of the box and you're like, whoa, what is this stuff? I might as well just eat gluten because this is just equally as bad for my gut. So it was really just going back to the basics Mm -hmm. for me, like you said, eating colorful foods, Mm -hmm. eating, you know, foods that I knew weren't processed and not to say that I don't have some on my diet because I definitely do. Of course. (laughs) It's about balance. We all do. (laughs) Um, Right, right. But, you know, 
knowing and having the education of how it affects you definitely prompts you to make those choices and then to stick with them. And you start seeing the benefits and you're like, heck, like <laughs> this is the stuff that I was taught when I was literally what, you know, 10. Yeah. Like, this is the stuff that you should have on your plate. And then for some reason, all of that goes out the door um, until you find yourself in the spot where you're affected every day because yeah. you feel terrible. <laughs> totally. So I want to talk a little bit about food intolerances because mm-hmm. I, I know that that's something that um, you definitely teach on and help people with. And I think, you know, a big part of what people hear when they struggle with anxiety is, well, just cut out gluten, like just try cutting out gluten, try right. cutting out dairy. And those are probably, you know, the big contributors. And you hear now a lot, you know, food intolerances aren't real. They're mm-hmm. not a thing. And so I think the more those messages are out there of like a food intolerance is not going to um, contribute to you having anxiety. I would love to hear your opinion on this. Um, <laughs> what what do you think about that, Hannah? Yeah. Um, yes, I talk a lot about food sensitivities. and And, you know, I think for most people, taking out gluten is probably going to help because of what you said as well, right? Because it's not just the gluten. However, gluten has been shown, like there are some studies that show it perpetuates like uh, leaky gut, right? So it'll, it'll wear away at the gut lining and um, pull apart the tight junctions. And, and the science on that, like some people are like, no, and some people are like, yes. And I find in my clients, like when we take it out, when we, when we crowd it out with other stuff, generally speaking, they feel better, right? So there, there is validity there. And then of course, if you have celiac disease, like you really cannot eat it. Um, please don't eat it. It's, it's like just wrecking your, wrecking your body and you're going to feel so much better when you take it out. So, um, but make sure you work with someone to repair after, right? So that's important Mm -hmm. too. Um, and the, in the testing that we run, the functional stool testing, we, there's a marker called anti-gliadin. Um, and, and we can see how your body is actually responding to the gluten, right? So some people get the test back and it's like they're, they eat it all the time and their, their immune system isn't really being triggered by it. Right. And then some people, um, get it back and they're like, I barely eat it. And their, their markers are off the charts. Right. So, so some people are more sensitive to it. Um, I believe in building a more resilient gut, right? So when we are finding that we are reacting to all sorts of foods and the bigger things, you guys like alcohol, like heavy sugar, like, you know, donuts, cakes, things like that. Like, Mm, we're kind of all not going to react the best to those, right? Like we kind of know that already. (laughs) Um, And so, and we want to crowd those out anyway. doesn't mean you can never enjoy those things, but you know, Um, but so those things we kind of know, but when you are reacting or when you've gotten a a food sensitivity test back, right. And it's like a bunch of random foods, especially healthy ones, right? Like you're, you're sensitive to chickpeas and lettuce. And I mean, like this is, this has happened to my clients and, and and usually it will be the foods that you eat the most frequently because mm-hmm. what's actually happening is that undigested food particles are and are going through the gut lining and on the other side of that gut lining when it's leaky in the case of leaky gut we've got most of our immune system. So what's happening is what that test, a food sensitivity test is checking for is that activation of the immune system. But that's going to happen regardless of what the heck you're eating if you're dealing with a, a permeable gut lining or a, like a hyperpermeable gut lining. It should always be, you know, we want to absorb the nutrients from it. But mm. when there's when we're dealing with something like leaky gut, we're going to get that activation over and over of the immune system. So um, it's not these tests, especially a food sensitivity like IgG test, like they're just not they're just not valid. (laughs) They're just not valid. Um, and I know a lot of people like 
especially in the functional medicine space and the more holistic space, it's like food sensitivities take out the dairy, gluten and sugar and all of that. Right. And it's like food sensitivity testing. And that was really hot for a second. And there's all these companies selling these things and it's easy to get it at home and it's like 150 bucks. So you get it. But like, I'm telling you, like, please don't waste your time and your money. It's just, it's not showing us what's actually going on. It's not showing us why you are reacting to these foods. So we would never start a client on food sensitivity testing. Um, We would maybe bring it in maybe step like five, right? But it's not going to, it's not going to be step one because it's not going to tell us what's going on in the gut that's causing your reaction to these foods. And it's not about the food always. Sometimes it is about the food if you're eating a super processed diet and things like that. Um, we always want to have the nutrition foundations there, but sometimes it's not the food, it's the environment in which the food is entering, right? So it is your gut. It's, it's, are we breaking down the food properly? Are we dealing with dysbiosis? Are we dealing with pathogens? Are we dealing with a a hyperpermeable gut lining? Like it's not just the food, any food that's going to enter that environment isn't going to be broken down well and digested properly, right? So it's really a sign of gut dysfunction. And I have quite literally worked with a client and she got um, the food sensitivity testing through her doctor, came back sensitive to all sorts of like random things. And she was like, wait, I love these things. I eat these all the time. And I'm like, that's not a surprise. <laughs> like, right. Because you probably ate them for this test, you probably ate them frequently for this test. Then you got the test. It's triggering that, that immune reaction. Right. After we worked on her gut, she was dealing with fungal overgrowth and a few other things. And we did, we brought in those healthy whole foods. We brought in the blood sugar balance. We brought in all of that. Right. We did decrease the sugar. We did take out the gluten. It's kind of all of these things. Then she gets another test done and she's sensitive to nothing. Nothing shows up Uh. in the test, right? So I'm not saying that's going to happen for every single person either. Everyone's body is very different, depends on what we're working on. But we will see clients not be able to tolerate these things. And then we work on the underlying issue, whether it's SIBO or fungal overgrowth or um, inadequate digestive output that's going to lead to those other things, right? Um, We can see that I'll have clients with SIBO after we've gotten working together for a few weeks you know, I get emails and they're like, it was, I enjoyed nachos with my boyfriend and I was actually fine. Like, I can't even believe it. You know what I mean? So, and that's like, and that's nachos. That's not even, that's not even like an apple where some people can't digest that. That's like a, you know, a processed, processed kind of food. Um, so of course I don't recommend everyone eating nachos for breakfast, lunch and dinner, but it's like, I, we focus on eradicating the root cause Re- restructuring the gut microbiome really um, through a, a lot of different modalities and then opening up the diet as much as possible because I want you to be able to go out on date night and have a bite of the tiramisu or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like I want that for people. And if you have celiac, that may not be in the cards for you, but it's like for a lot of other people, we can do a lot of good repairing work and then get them to the point where they're able to tolerate more things. Um, with that being said, you want a solid foundation. You want a good, solid, healthy foundation. But I want you to be able to enjoy things on date night when you travel to not be like riddled with fear of like not being able to control that what you're eating and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. I just went to Ireland and I was eating all sorts of things that I don't normally eat, you know? Was I feeling 100% as I, as I normally feel? Um, no, not really. But like, I didn't pay for it for a week, right? Like, I was still having bowel movements, normal bowel movements. I was sleeping fine. I didn't get like acne breakouts. I was, I wasn't really bloated. Like none of those things were happening. Whereas before, if I ate some of those things, I'd have like a migraine and I'd be bloated for like three days, you know? So, um, it's, it's a, it's a, more complex topic than just, oh, you're sensitive to these foods through a blood test. So take them out and then you're good. It's just like, 
And and people listening to this will probably be like, oh, thank goodness she said that because like, what the heck? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. you know, how did I even develop these sensitivities? We always ask why, 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 what's yeah. going on and why? And that's how we really help people get better. Yeah. And I love that. That's why when I came across your Instagram page, I was like, oh, thank goodness, because it is so much of it's about the root cause and just the education that you provide is amazing. So I could ask you a million more questions and that (laughs) my listeners will have a million more questions, but where can people find and connect with you, Hannah, if they want to learn even more or work with you and your team? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram. Um, my handle is Hannah Aylward HHC. And hopefully we can link that because my last name is com- complicated. Definitely. <laughs> um, people are always like, what? <laughs> so Hannah Aylward HHC. I'm, I'm super present on there. Um, I We get lots of DMs and lots of interaction. And I'm, and I'm constantly giving more information. Right. So I did like, I just did like a month and a half long of mini trainings and they're like an hour long. I mean, I say mini training and then they're not because once I get into it, I like, I just love this so much and people love learning. Right. So I'm constantly doing masterclasses and trainings and I've got programs and a great place to start is like our gut happy eats program. It's like smaller price point. It's a really, really good foundational education that honestly, like I would, I want to give to everyone in the whole world. It would change their lives. Right. So it's going to teach you about the blood sugar balance. It's going to teach you how to eat for your gut health. Um, and it's going to go over some other things with you. We don't get into the testing and the supplements and all of that in there. That's going to be my healing guts and shaking butts program. Um, it's, it's me and my team of two functional RDs. Um, and we really dive in and get to the root cause and all of that with, with those clients. We were on the testing. Um, that's like more of a 12 week program. That's for the person that's like, I've been struggling for so long. I've already done the diet stuff. What the heck is going on? Get in that program. Um, yeah. And if you're just starting, get into the Gut Happy Eats like foundations because once again, I teach these like structures, right? So it's not it's not like a yes and no foods list and like a, a strict meal plan. It's like, how can I make this work for me? How can I learn this and really use it in my in the rest of my life, right? So those are wonderful. You can find all of that information on my Instagram. Um, my website, of course, as well. And then if you're super interested, just send us an email at support at um, and, and we can we can get you and direct you um, to the help that you need. Perfect. Thank you so much. And we'll definitely share some links in the show notes um, so that people know exactly where to go and we'll offer some links to some free stuff too. Yes. Uh, Thank you so much, Hannah. This has been so insightful and I've loved chatting with you and I'm sure um, we'll chat again on here. Yes. Thank you so, so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Healthy Push. If you want more, head on over to ahealthypush.com for the show notes and lots more tips, tools, and inspiration that will support your recovery. And if you're hoping for me to cover a certain topic, be sure to join my Instagram community at A Healthy Push and let me know in the comments what you want to hear next.